0: I did write two talks today, I guess you'll hear the shorter one. <laughs> My age means that I worked it out, I would have made it into conscription if it was a thing in World War I, if I was alive at the time. Typically all males between the age of 18 and 35 uh, would have been eligible for conscription, or if you were unmarried, uh, it stretches to 45 if you're a man. So I would have made it in, just half a year. But as you know, you might remember, there were two plebiscites that they held at the time during the war, and both times the Australian people said no to having conscription in World War I. Not that it was necessary, because you look at the accounts and as the story goes, there were so many recruits, so many people enlisting at the time that the uh, recruiters had to turn people away for World War I at the start. Because for all of them, the war was one big naive adventure. You know, they just wanted to be a part of this great thing that everyone was doing. Hardly anyone did it for king and country, from the sounds of things. I doubt many of those young guys knew with deep conviction, had an understanding of why the war was actually happening, or the nature of the treaties that meant that Australia was called into action. You hear the stories in those diary entries, and it seemed like people joined up just because so many other people at the time did, and they were just swept up in this this thing that was happening in the world, this adventure that getting on that boat promised, until reality sinks in. So one year later, the ticket tape parade is long gone, the farewells and the party at the harbor is gone, basic training's behind you, and one year later, if you're still alive, you find yourself freezing in a trench on the wrong side of no man's land, where every day is, is people shooting you and trying to kill you and your mates, or worse, the artillery uh, artillery coming in and blowing up anything and everything. It's just madness out there. And from what you read, you're just trying to survive and to do your job for the day, which is either to hold still or to move somewhere, or die trying. Yes, there's strategy, yes, there's heroics on display, Yes, there's all sorts of things going on, but the tactics and the medals and the honours, all that, you're not thinking about that when you're in the mud with all the bullets going everywhere. All that other stuff is after the fact. And the account suggests that you don't have time or space to think about whether what you're doing is brave or not brave. You just do what you need to do. They called World War I the war to end all wars because of that conviction that this conflict in particular, this thing, this battle that needed to be won, needed to happen to ensure the safety of the rest of the world at the time. That it would curb and stop future conflicts from happening uh, from the central powers. But now where we stand in history, when you hear World War I being talked about as the war that ends all wars, it, you can only say that ironically because, well, you know, World War II happened. And Fueled in part by the pretty harsh treaty that Germany was forced to sign at the close of World War I. But the sentiment of Armistice Day is right, I think. Our world is so caught up in the unnatural naturalness of war and conflict that any time we get to celebrate and commemorate peace, it's a good day. And honour those who paid a heavy price, who gave their lives in the conflict to win that peace. Let me read to you an excerpt from a diary entry written well, exactly 100 years ago actually, on 11th of November 1918. The diary of one Sergeant Aubrey, uh, Aubrey Carter, who was Lorraine Doyle's grandfather, I believe. Is that right? Sergeant Aubrey Carter writes this. Peace, what a wonderful and soothing effect the sound of that little word has on the mind and soul and bodies of those hundreds of thousands of war-wearied, torn and bleeding soldiers scattered all over the hundred miles of fighting fronts. Men who have struggled with the years of uh, fighting up and down the breadth of France and Belgium, in and out of the line, the trenches, the dugouts, and over the top into the very jaws of death, through hell, fire, smoke, gas, mud, and every impossible thing imaginable. It had become our trade and profession. We had just become fighting machines. Peace, how wonderful. And yet, when the news came to us while we were sitting around our billets after lunch, I was writing letters others were doing likewise, some reading, some sewing. We didn't go mad or shout for joy. There was no excitement. We were soldiers, machines. I had become so callous and hardened to the game of war that it didn't much matter. But deep down in our hearts, We thank God. So writes Sergeant Aubrey Carter. In his very Australian and very understated and quite poetic way, there's thankfulness and relief there. You read it. And the the men aren't perhaps showing it much on the outside, but in his heart of hearts, he is thankful to God for peace. And as we remember the start of peace today, the end of World War I, 100 years on, would you let me read to you that portion of Isaiah 11 that gives us a picture of I dare say an even greater peace. Here is a day where Isaiah 11:6 the wolf will live with the lamb the leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear and their young will lie down together the lion will eat straw like the ox the infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest and they will neither destroy or harm each other on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The imagery there is compelling, where there's no more danger, no threat, no violence. A lamb is perfectly safe with a wolf. Your chickens and the fox get along. No one harms each other on the mountain of God. Not just that there's not war anymore, there's not even the threat or the danger of it. This is a picture of the whole world in harmony under God's rule, and this is the plan moving forward. This is where God has taken us. At the time of writing, Israel's in conflict and under huge threat without the ability to raise an army to meet the forces that were coming against it. War was a reality. Israel had been crushed in the past and they'll be crushed again in the future. That's why in verse one in Isaiah, He rather unceremoniously refers to his own people as a stump, a tree that's been cut down. And yet from this very humble state, Isaiah writes a Messiah is coming, a saviour is coming who's going to bring peace. A shoot is going to spring up from this this dead tree, this this line of Jesse, who you might know as Jesse was the father of King David. And this one that is coming has big shoes to fill. Come look at verse 1 in Isaiah 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge of the theory of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth for the breath of his lips he'll slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt. And faithfulness the sash around his waist. Note takers, Matthew 1 speaks of Jesus being of the line of David. John 2 speaks about how John sees Jesus in his baptism and the spirit resting on him. The spirit of power and might and righteousness. John 7 The guards don't arrest Jesus even when they're told to because of how he speaks with authority. And Luke 7, Jesus himself says, the Spirit is on me to proclaim good news to the poor. Freedom for the prisoners. Oppression, setting free from oppression and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And he says, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And Jesus, so many centuries after Isaiah, he comes and he fits that bill. Joy to the world. The earth has received a king. But if God's Messiah is Jesus, you might ask, where is this peace that Jesus has promised? Those of you who follow Jesus, you know the peace of God that he brings, that meets you in every trial. You see in the gospel accounts, Jesus bringing his peace, showing glimpses of signs of what his kingdom is going to look like as he heals every sickness and mends our brokenness. The kingdom of God is coming and has now come. The last verse in our reading from Isaiah 11 says this. Isaiah 11:10. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand and reclaim the surviving remnant of his people. That peace, that rest has come, but has come at a cost. It's not without sacrifice that we have the rest and the peace that we enjoy. Jesus' sacrifice of himself in the cross is what wins our peace. Jesus himself says about what he's done for us, uh, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what he's done for us. You know, when the fighting stopped in 1918, uh, they say the mud in the battlegrounds was allowed to rest and before long, the wildflowers started to grow again as nature took its course and the hardy poppies were the first to, first to bloom. These red flowers reminded people of the bloodshed, and the sacrifice of millions, and so the poppies became uh, the symbol of sacrifice. We have a symbol too of sacrifice, it's the cross of Jesus, the poppy and the cross. And So today, as we remember the sacrifices others have made to to secure for us the peace that we enjoy, we've observed the minute silence. As we do that time and time again in the future, would you You do well, I think, to remember and honor the sacrifices made for you so that you might have peace. The poppy and the cross. Amen.